Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the M365 Voice. My name is Mike Marani. I'm Sarah Ozzy. And I'm Antonio Mayo. And today we are ready for another question from the audience. Are we ready, Sarah? Uh, we are. Here we go. How do you use Power Automate? Hmm. Oh, I think we've talked a little bit about that before. We did not have a full episode on it. We've touched yeah. on it on a bunch yeah, of episodes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. I have a whole bunch of use cases for how I use it at work and how I use it in my MVP and personal life. Um, so I feel like we could go in, in either direction about those. Same, same as well. I got personal use cases and some work cases as well. Why don't we start with work cases? Well, do we want to start with a, with a really short intro and what Power Automate is and then kind of talk about how we like to use it? Absolutely. I can kick us off with that. So Power Automate being the workflow application um, within the M365 suite. Um, so for those of you that uh, have, have been in this space for a while, before it was Microsoft 365, many of us worked with SharePoint out-of-the-box workflows or SharePoint designer workflows, which I truly loved. I remember mourning the whole idea that SharePoint designer was someday going to go away in those custom workflows. But then as we moved into the M365 space, we got Power Automate, which has amazing new capabilities and the joy of discovering how to do things differently in Power Automate than we might have traditionally done via other workflow means before. So. Um, I mean, I really, I really enjoy using it. Um, uh, so definitely, it's one of my favorites in the stack. I would say it's used from a couple of different perspectives. Like, it's support in in many organizations. It supports the idea of the citizen developer, so the person building um, workflows for themselves or for their team to automate parts of their job or make their team more efficient. So that's kind of one, I'll say, channel. Maybe I don't know if that's the right word, but um, for uh, fulfilling requirements of Power Automate. Another is when you want to actually build enterprise class workflows. So you've got some enterprise process or some business process that a larger team is engaged in, um, or you could integrate with data from other line of business systems. You can use Power Automate to implement those solutions too. Yeah, and uh, to add to that, um, if you're new to Power Automate, you don't have to start anything from scratch. There's tons of templates that, that you can use. I, I use a lot of those templates as a, as a starting point. Uh, most of the time in my world, it may not fit 100% what I need. So I start with something and mm -hmm. I expand on it. At least it gives you some, some head start on how to create your Power Automate However, you want to create it. Is it going to be triggered manually? Mm -hmm. It's going to be triggered based on actions. You want to schedule it. There's many other options. You can automate uh, the start of the workflow. So you go into the flow.microsoft.com. You can start that from SharePoint or from any other places as well. And uh, you'll see tons of templates. So you're not you're not starting from scratch. So it's a really yep. good starting point. I actually remember the first Power Automate workflow that I ever built for myself. Um, it was actually, uh, and it's a good use case from a work perspective. Um, it was saving my uh, email attachments out to a folder in my OneDrive. 
So create a folder in my OneDrive, call it email attachments, and then automatically save any email attachments that I get out to my OneDrive so I can access them later and add metadata to them, for example, so I know which email address that it came from and I know the date when it was received. First ever Power Automate workflow that I created. And Sarah, did you do that for work or did you do that personally? Uh, well, back in the day, I tried it out from a work perspective, but let's be honest, some companies have rules about email policies and email retention. So just make sure that if you're thinking about doing that for work, that it's actually not violating either the spirit or the letter of whatever that policy is. So important thing to note. Um, but uh, personally, I shudder to talk about email with Mike on a call ever. Um, I actually have this running on, on my personal tenant for my personal email, but I've never gone in and looked at the file attachments in OneDrive because I don't delete emails. I might move them out of my inbox, but I don't actually delete them out of my personal tenant, and I don't have any auto deletion criteria. So. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> but it's an interesting case. like. Like I, I remember those those um, power automate workflows that would you know an email arrives in your inbox, strip off the attachment, put it in a OneDrive folder. Sounds like a great idea, but I don't know if many people actually went to the OneDrive folder to actually look at the attachments there. I did no back in the day. Did I you? haven't in a long time, but I actually did back in the day um, okay. because. Um, I, I can't say that that's recent, but I do remember it as being the first ever Power Automate workflow that I created. If we look now more recently, I am interested um, in how you all use uh, Power Automate workflows. I have a couple of ways that I use it personally. How do you use it? Um, on the personal level, um, I have a couple, couple of use case scenarios. I'll just talk about one. Um, sharing my information when I when I go with uh, on on work on conferences and I and I do my sessions and I have uh, a URL a tiny URL there that takes them to a Microsoft form. They fill in the information and automatically sends information about blog posts and 365 voice. It is also uh, useful information that I can send back to to the end user. Uh, so that's like a tiny thing. It's like an auto reply if you want to call it more than an automated workflow. Uh, the other one I just recently built, uh, actually when I was when I had COVID and I had not much things to do, um, I, uh, I, I with travel I have a lot of expenses and sometimes just placing the the receipts uh, for uh, my wife, which she actually manages the financials of, of the company. Uh, it's always a struggle that I have lost the receipt or it's somewhere in my email. So I have built a couple of workflows. Just one, for example, if any anything that's from an Uber, for example, Uber receipts that goes automatically into a folder, into my OneDrive, and it creates a list item as well with a link to nice. the actual uh, item uh, or the, the file. Or when I scan a document, it goes into that folder, it automatically also kicks kicks in a, a workflow that adds that item to a list, the Microsoft list item. So she can quickly goes and verifies it. And every time when she verifies a receipt and she gets, she says verified, it kind of archives all of those into 
a specific folder. So made my life much easier and, my, and her life way easier. And she's not screaming at me every month about receipts. So uh, automation of those, like a mini expense system for my small business made a big difference. I love that. For me, I, I, there's two examples I'll share for how I've used it personally. The first one is exactly what Mike just described. So where I work, our um, uh, expense system is uh, cumbersome, to put it nicely. Um, and there was no ability to integrate with it directly. So I had to find some way to make dealing with entering expenses easier. So what I did was I um, uh, would take photos of my receipts with my phone. And, uh, and this is going to sound archaic, but it worked for me at the time for various reasons. I attached to an email. In the subject line of the email, I would put a bunch of info about the receipt. Um, that would get emailed to an inbox. It would get picked up by a flow. It would take the subject line. It would parse it, and it would put that into a SharePoint list and put the the doc the uh, receipt attachment into a, uh, a library and link it. That way, when I went to my expense system, it was simply a matter of copy and paste, copy, paste, copy and paste to that system because there's just so many fields I had to fill out and there's no way I could get the data in directly that it ended up you know, being faster for me to just copy and paste. But it was like, okay, I've got this receipt, right? How do I take the info from it easily and put it to a form where I can copy paste? That was one that I did. And I built that a long time ago and I still use it. Uh, and the second one I also built a long time ago. This is one of my first ones that I built, and I still use it. Um, I do a lot of um, reading of technical articles, and I and Microsoft technical articles typically, but also other stuff. And I find them usually on Twitter, right? So when I find it, I want to keep it for reference, right? What I would do is I would email myself. Like, so from Twitter, I would send an email to myself with the actual Twitter link. So again, I built a flow that would intercept that, rip out the data, and put it into a SharePoint list. That way I have this growing list of references from that. And I actually, I would take the, the body of the tweet and parse out various things from it and put it into metadata fields in the list. That way I could, could sort it and I could find an article that I want to get back to because I remember reading about this thing a while back. Um, so I still use that one. And then what I added to that was um, certain people that I would always get articles from monitor their Twitter feed and automatically pull out um, stuff that they tweet about and, you know, parse it and put it into my reference list. So that's the second. I love this idea, actually. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, fun to do. The parsing at the time was was challenging um, flow expressions are you know, challenging, I find, for people. Um, with Power Automate, I find that, you know, it's really easy to do, it's just my experience, I've seen this with others too, it's really easy to build simple, um, simple flows. Um, but mm -hmm. you suddenly hit a plateau where it's like, okay, to do anything more complex, I need to learn a lot more, and it feels much more developer-like. And having been a developer in the past, I don't mind that. But I find for others that can be really challenging. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have had the same experience, but um, at some point you hit this plateau where it's like, okay, this is going to be a lot harder and yeah. you have to jump through more hoops. Yeah, I definitely have some that are a little bit more complex, but I got to be honest, I love some of my simple flows. Um, on a personal level, I use Power, Power Automate to help parent. Um, so 
If I have to, on any regular interval, send an email to, for example, a teacher um, to check on something, um, I will send that once generally, and then I will configure it as a Power Automate workflow that automatically sends the email um, and BCCs me on it so I know that it ran successfully um, and schedule it to run at a specific point in time because um, saves me the work of having to ever send the email. If I write it once, I copy and paste the verbiage into a Power Automate workflow, and then I never have to write that email again. Yeah. Um, we use one for our podcast, um, and that is when we get, we have a form uh, that people can submit. If you go out to M365 Voice uh, to our website, you can find the form. People submit us questions for the podcast, and they do that via a Microsoft form. When you submit um, a question using that Microsoft form, I have a Power Automate workflow that automatically emails both of you with the question uh, that got submitted. So that's, again, a very simple one. Um, one of the ones that I actually really like that we have implemented uh, at work is when we schedule a learning event, a training class, or some other kind of an event, um, I can create that as a calendar invite in Outlook. And if I've got a SharePoint site that corresponds to that, so let's say I'm running a OneNote or a OneDrive training event, I have an actual one, OneDrive and a OneNote help site. I can just invite in that uh, calendar invite. I, I invite the Office 360 or the M365 group that lives behind that SharePoint site to the calendar invite. And I've got Power Automate workflows that automatically convert that calendar entry into an event that automatically posts to that help site. So then people can go out to Viva Connections, they can visit the home site in Microsoft Teams, and all I have to do is create a calendar invite, invite the M365 group that lives behind the SharePoint site, and then it automatically gets posted out to Viva Connections uh, and SharePoint without me ever having to create a separate calendar entry. So it saves me half of the work of getting something like that set up and advertised. So that's another simple one, but really useful at saving time. That's great. That's cool. From from a work perspective, something that I found so as a consultant, we will we will um, our team will be hired by our customers to come in and build um, various things in SharePoint and Microsoft 365. And sometimes it's a bit of automation using uh, Power Automate. You know, sometimes there will be Power App forms, which also are part of the Power Platform as part of that. But what I've found is that once um, our customers or a department gets a taste of automating their business process. They want more and they want more and other departments want it. And you end up going through all of the departments in your customer finding business processes that they want to implement. I kind of find that that uh, companies, once they get a taste of using the Power Platform for automation, it, it tends to snowball and they get they, they just want more and more and more because they see the efficiency in it. I don't know if you guys have seen similar in your organizations or with your customers, but thoughts on that? Um, yes, I've seen it uh, on hand with this client that they, uh, once they've seen a couple of my Power Automate and they just wanted to do more and more, they wanted to get their hands on it and they wanted other people to create those Power Automate. So yes, it, it's, a, it's a snowball effect and uh, you, which is great, actually. I I love it that you, you start with a small, simple workflow, and then you keep adding to it, and now everyone having great ideas of what they can do with Power Automate. 
That's right. Yeah. And I love that Microsoft has integrated so many pre-built workflows into the capability that exists within the tools. So one of the ones that I love to turn on, I use it uh, personally and professionally, is if I'm uh, an owner of a SharePoint hub site, uh, that I go in and turn on uh, the automated Power Automate workflow capability where you can have Power Automate manage requests to have sites associate to your hub where once you turn that on, it uses Power Automate and it configures it for you in the back end. So that way then if one of you were to submit a request to associate your SharePoint site to my hub, that I would automatically get a Power Automate email notification with the ability to either accept or reject your request. And I love that Microsoft makes that quick and easy. It's a toggle switch to turn on and it configures Power Automate in the back end. I can go into Power Automate. I can take a look at that flow. I can I can manage it, but I don't have to actually create it. It's just a toggle switch. And I love that they've integrated that in so many different areas to make it so easy. One of the things I it's almost done, I'm, I'm building, I'm working on, is uh, Power Automate to create either a Microsoft team uh, or a communication site or a team site as well. We found that we had separate intake forms and people would get confused sometimes, even though uh, many training and, and videos when to use Microsoft team versus you're going to use a communication site. Um, it was still difficult for end users to kind of pick and choose which, which intake form they use. So we came up with this quite intake form that with some questions that will guide them through it like a, like a quiz and will, uh, will based on the questions, we'll either create a Microsoft team, we create a communication site, or we create a team site and we apply specific custom site template to it based on the region because that client has many regions across the country because each region they have their own hub site with its own team. Uh, so um, just one intake form based on some, it's only a couple of screens of some questions, I think a total of 12 questions, and, and then it will automatically uh, create whatever provisions the Microsoft team or the SharePoint site, and it will it will send an email to the end user. This is, has been created. You have created the Microsoft team or SharePoint site. That's the URL. You are the owner. This is a video on how to manage it, blah, blah, blah. Love that. There's so many useful purposes um, for doing, for creating power automated workflows, and you can definitely use it for larger, more complex business processes. I think a lot of the things that we've been covering are shorter use cases here, but there's so many useful things that you can do. Um, one of the things that I also have done in the past is if I'm, if I want to stay engaged with something that's happening on Twitter, or internally in my company in Yammer or Viva Engage or something, the ability to create Power Automate workflows that monitor for certain keywords and then puts a notification into Teams or sends me an email notification. So that way I can basically have watchwords. So I could watch for certain words to come across my Twitter feed, or I could watch for certain words to show up in an employee conversation in Yammer or in Viva Engage and be able to be notified with a link to be able to go jump out to that conversation if it's got something with this word or phrase that I really wanna watch for. So there's a lot of incredible things that you can do with Power Automate to just be able to make your life a little bit faster and a little bit easier. I have a question for you both, uh, kind of related to Power Automate. Do you guys ever use Azure Logic Apps as an alternative to Power Automate? And if so, why do you choose one over the other? Um, 
I have used it, I think you know this, Antonio, you've talked about it before. I've used it twice with a client. Uh, that was a while ago, though. And it was a use case where we were connecting Salesforce to M365, automating the transition of data from Salesforce into M365. Uh, and the reason we used the logic apps is just because we had to go into um, it was a lot of transactions happening from some Salesforce into, into M365. So logic apps was the better way to do it. And we did not need to have any user interaction to it. It was always a backend automations between the two systems. So logic apps was faster, more efficient, and cheaper to do it. And Sarah, yourself, have you ever logic apps? I can't, be, I can't beat Mike's example. That sounds like a really good one. I don't have anything additional to offer there. But we do, we do use um, one or the other, depending on the scenario. So Mike, I think you alluded to this. Azure Logic Apps is a different um, um, uh, licensing structure, right? It's a consumption right. model where you pay based on the number of runs and the number of actions performed in each run. So in certain high, you know, high volume, not necessarily high volume circumstances, more maybe low volume circumstances in large organizations, it can be less expensive to use Azure Logic Apps because you're only paying for the runs. You're not paying for a license for every user. Correct. And then there's also different development tools for Logic Apps as well. I find Logic Apps are more focused on DevOps teams, um, internal enterprise development teams, um, and not really to the uh, citizen developer, right? Um, so if you've got really critical business uh, processes that you have to automate that have to run, um, Logic Apps tends to be a little more um, akin to that. And the reason that this is related is a logic app is a flow or a flow is a logic app, right? You end up with the same thing, um, just different ways of building it and different ways of, of charging you for it. Um, and then the last reason for using logic apps is um, you can buy a dedicated capacity um, option with logic apps so that if you do have um, uh, logic apps that are um, high volume transactional, you have to, you know, you need dedicated capacity on the server side to make sure that they're running. You can actually buy that dedicated capacity for logic apps, whereas flows, you know, power automate, you can't. So I always find that that's an interesting discussion of which one you use in which circumstance. I think you hit the, the main point is from a business process automations, from a backend stuff that you don't need user interaction, that you have to have a robust automations, logic apps sometimes makes the most sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing I, I thought we we could briefly mention. So we know lots of people in the community that specialize in helping people use Power Automate, right? So if someone is getting started with Power Automate, these people post tons of fantastic info and examples and videos, right? Some of them are MVPs, some of them are former MVPs and Microsoft people. Like um, one great example, just to give the audience some people to look into, is um, April Dunham. Um, she posts lots of great content on using the Power Platform and Power Automate. Um, another is Shane Young. He's got fantastic videos that you can follow. Um, it, it's amazing, actually, how prolific he is on the videos that he posts. Uh, and then, of course, Mr. Flow, uh, Serge Luca, in, okay, yeah, in the in uh, uh, based in Belgium, I believe, uh, is fantastic. But do you guys know any other any other people? 
those are the ones that come to mind. Those are some of the people that I think about um, the quickest. I, I, I find just being out on Twitter and um, you're going to find so many wonderful things that cross over your plate. And I know that the Power Automate team at Microsoft, they used to have a, a flow of the week that they used to write a blog post about and give you instructions on how to build it. And I found that that was a very instructive methodology for me to use um, uh, at different times when I wanted to try and, hey, here's a great workflow idea and here's how to build it because you can learn so much by uh, following along. Or as Mike already mentioned, sometimes I'll go out and create a workflow from some of the built-in templates in Power Automate just to be able to see how they did it because I think it's so helpful to be able to kind of read along and, and learn as you go with seeing uh, how they've done it. So I know Microsoft has some good resources out there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, there's lots of good resources out there to learn from. Uh, yeah, I love this discussion. It's uh, been great, a lot of good information. Hopefully uh, the audience liked it as well. Thank you for watching us uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Bye everybody. everybody.